When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Mike Lee Collin II, and with me as always is... Sesame Encarta. Sesame Encarta. Yeah. That is a very interesting name that you're going <laughs> to It is. That's a good one. You're continuing to use that. Um, sure, yeah. Yes. Did you legally change that? Um... Well, define legal. I mean, um, just as legally as, as as Russia is invading Ukraine, I guess you know, just as legal as that. So, um, so no, it's not not legal. So you're telling me <coughs> that you're Ukrainian? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying I'm I'm Russian, and and never mind. It was a bad joke. Um, um, you better slow down if you're Russian. It didn't land. Yeah, that's right. Wow. So, anyways, um, and quit Stalin. What was the one joke? Quit Stalin and grab a beer. Or, yeah, quit. Or I don't know. Like that. Never. Quit Stalin. Uh, you're Russian. Um. Anyways, that's what I was. Quit Stalin. <laughs> Enough with the Russian jokes. I don't have anything yeah. against Russian. No, me people. either. But I just um, think Vladimir Putin's a piece of shit. Okay. Anyway. Yes. <clears throat> so, who knows? By the time this airs, what'll happen in the world? Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, um, so this week on the show, um, we are covering um, a very interesting unsold pilot called Nobody's Watching, which was um, a show written by and co-created by Bill Lawrence of Scrubs and Spin City fame. As well as uh, Neil Goldman and Garrett Donovan, who were writers for both Scrubs and Family Guy. <laughs> uh, the pilot was uh, developed uh, for the WB Television Network, which no longer exists. <laughs> um, but the networks, the network uh, passed on it, and this was for the uh, 2005 schedule. After uh, test audiences seemed confused by its premise. Which, it didn't seem that confusing to me, but... <clears throat> no, I think it was pretty straightforward, but okay. Yeah. Uh, but um, this is a WB audience, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they were too worried about who uh, Joey Potter ended up with, whether it was 
Dawson or Pacey or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, however, in uh, June of 2006, the pilot did leak onto YouTube and uh, quickly attracted the attention of uh, viewers around the world. So, um, then they took it over to, uh, NBC president, Kevin Riley, who seemed to want to, uh, revive the show, but, um, that never went through either. Um, so yeah, that's the history of that show. <laughs> that's the story of, um, when you say nobody's watching, which is ironic because yeah. pretty much probably everybody's watching right now, you know, your, your internet's probably, probably being monitored and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of an ironic twist, but, uh, they did <clears throat> an interesting thing too, though, the characters of Will and Derek from the show appeared as extras on, on certain NBC television shows in preparation for the show to possibly be picked up, including days of our <laughs> lives, the soap opera. Interesting. And one of the one of the actors was that was that Chris Killam? Taron Killam. Sorry, Taron. Was that him? Yeah, so it was Taron Killam. Yes. Okay. He looked like it was him. I, I wasn't yeah, sure that though. Yeah, was him. Uh, post to the Amanda Show, pre uh, Saturday Night Live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I liked it personally. I did um, too. You're probably going to ask. You're probably going to ask that first. What what I thought of it, or yeah, whatever. Yes, so I was going to ask you what you thought of this uh, pilot here, Matthew. <clears throat> I liked it a lot. I mean, this reminds me of a certain era of TV history where it really seems like around 2000. <clears throat> I would say even going as far back as maybe 2003, but really didn't pick up steam until like around. 2005 2006 with the whole meta humor thing that wasn't that was still yeah kind of, at least in my mind kind of in, in its infancy so the form the format wasn't really kind of like established yet uh like you said audiences were kind of confused like well wait a minute this is an actor who's playing himself like how does that work into a tv show like back then that was kind of like right now we're totally used to that like right now probably hundreds of shows do this yeah and i mean like shows back did then, that at that time where people would play themselves on it like you'd have a okay you know like mark hamill show up on third rock from the sun or something and play okay mark hamill, but still <laughs> but yeah it was uh you know i liked it i mean personally i would have watched it i mean if, if they had like a regular like you know every week you know every thursday even if it, if it was like the nine o'clock, ten o'clock, you know, I would imagine since, since the show being kind of how it was, kind of weird how it was, I would imagine they would probably put that at like ten o'clock, you know, just late, you know, late at night. Um, and I mean, if you but, uh, think about it, it, it's kind of like something. I mean, it, it was kind of surreal and stuff, but it also and and very meta. But I mean, just uh, shortly after this, um, shows like Thirty Rock came out on TV and they were kind of behind the scenes of television and, you know, not exactly the same kind of thing, but it similar in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I would, I would have, you know, if they could even bring it back, I would watch it if they, you know, or ever, I mean, I don't know if they would 17 years later, but, but um, uh, you know, I would, I would watch it, you know, as on a weekly basis. Sure. Why not? 
I mean, something like this would do really well on, on HBO Max or uh, Netflix yeah. or something right now, you know. Um, so, what um, what happened in this pilot here, Matt? Um, it's two dudes who work together, and I think probably live together. They grew, you know, they grew up watching TV together because you know the one guy, um, you know his his mom works at the Cracker Barrel, so he didn't have a dad, so he had to basically stay over at his friend's house, you know during like the intermediate hours or whatever before his mom would come home from work and they'd watch TV together. And that, that was kind of like their, their sort of bonding experience. And they, they grew to love TV so much that they, you know, wanted to write, you know, a show because they started to realize that the new shows coming out were dumb and just didn't like it. Like, I think they mentioned um, yes, dear and uh, a couple other shows that they thought were just bad TV. Yeah. Yeah, they so, did have that joke, like, oh, I'm, you know, they put, picked up the dog, and it's like, why did you make a yes deer on the carpet? Exactly, <laughs> yes deer. I think they I think they mentioned Rescue Me, too, or I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, maybe not, but I don't know. And um, so they, they, made, they, they, they made a tape, you know, an actual VHS tape, um, and then sent that to Warner Brothers, and then Warner Brothers basically challenged them, like, okay, do you think that you can write a better show than than us and they said oh yeah definitely so then warner brothers invites them out to, you know to hollywood and uh basically tells them that the show is going to be a reality show of them trying to write the show so it's like a meta within a meta universe kind of yeah um, and and that, that's pretty much the premise. I mean, that's pretty, and then, um, you know, other stuff happens, but that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, there, there are two guys from Union, Ohio, <laughs> named Derek and Will. Will is played by Paul Campbell, um, and uh, they, uh, they meet the head of WB, a character named Jeff Tucker, played by Paul Edelstein, um, or Stein, I don't know, um, Creative uh, VP Roy Ingold, played by Bob Klendelin, who is a very underrated comic actor. He was on the TV show mm -hmm. Ten Items or Less. He's currently in development with a new show right now with a former guest of our show, John Lear. Um, so they're hoping to team up again and do another show. So he's I very he's a, he's a very yeah mm -hmm. he's a very underrated actor. But he's also very subtle. That could mm -hmm. be the reason why too. His his humor is very. It's very you have to sort of roll. Yeah, you have to you have to really kind of have a talent, I guess, for honing in on that kind of humor because otherwise you might miss it. You know, like oh, what's this random dude? But like you know what's going on. He's hilarious. Like yeah, you know. And hopefully we'll have him on the show in the future sometime. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. can talk to John and maybe we can get him on. Um, if you're listening, John, let me know. Um, I'd like to have you on again too. Anyway, so, uh, and, uh, they, they introduce, uh, Tucker's assistant who is introduced as Jill something. <laughs> yeah. Jill something. Yeah, That's played, her name. Really. Yeah, played um, by, uh, Lauren Bittner. Um, <clears throat> basically Tucker, you know, like you were saying, tells them, Hey, create your own sitcom here. 
And uh, while they're working on it, they get to live basically at the studio with an audience in front of them at all times <laughs> on various uh, sitcom type sets like a office and a house and a, uh, you know, what, whatever else there was. Yeah. And uh, they so they have a camera crew following them around all of the Warner Brothers studios um, when they're not on sets. And um, a live studio audience, like I said, is there as they're on the working sets, which, yeah, creepy. Um, <laughs> what about even like all day, all night, like even when they're sleeping? Are they still yeah. there? Or? Yeah, they were supposed to sleep there. Okay. No, I mean, would the audience still be there when they're sleeping? I'm assuming. Okay. I don't know, though. <laughs> so, um, so after, uh, after, uh, you know, setting everything up here, the show goes into the, uh, the rest of the episode focuses on, um, Derek and Will's first day trying to come up with the sitcom while living on this set. Um, they end up hiring Jill something as their assistant. And then uh, they do a pity hire of a, of a sexy girl named Mandy played by uh, Mirica Monroe. Mercia mm. um, oh, Monroe. Sorry. I'm bad at pronouncing names. Um, <laughs> who, uh, she had just been fired from the WB gift shop because she didn't think it was a that uh because she voiced her opinion that putting the words Smallville on men's jo- um, on men's uh, jockey shorts probably wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So um. <laughs> wow. Yes. Um. So uh. So Tucker and Ingold end up interfering um in introduce narrative conflicts through the show like uh like uh reality tv people do mm-hmm. at one point um at one point uh tucker tells Derek that he would rather continue the show without will and demands and and and, and so then it then Derek is caught on camera then saying that he agrees with that and that he could do the show without will <laughs> Which they then play back for Will, so they, you know, create this fake conflict in the show. Um, he also right. insists that Mandy kiss Will, even though she likes Derek. And Derek's the one that hired her, is that the one? No, uh, Will's the one that hired her, but she prefers Derek, which is uh, Taryn Killam's character. Oh, see, that confused me. Yeah. When, because... it. Okay, so I got confused by the names for a minute because he's like, I have to, more. Yeah, after she got to the set, after she got to the set, she kind of uh, basically started having like some chemistry with Derek. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was I was just confused because yeah. it seemed like at first, you know, when Derek was talking to her, that seemed seemed like she kind of, you know, they got like they got each other, understood each other, whatever. Um, so I, I was confused because I thought. I thought that the producers got the two guys' names mixed up because, like, they didn't care about them, you know, whatever. They like, may have. Who knows? <laughs> I, okay. I was just, I was, I watched uh, it at, like, four in the morning, so yeah. I probably got confused or whatever. Okay. 
but yeah, <coughs> basically they they you know they're living on the set with an audience there. Um, not a whole lot happens really. I mean, there's the conflict between Will and um, Derek there that ends up getting resolved. Um, we do learn that uh, they think that they're alone when they're in the bathrooms, but there's cameras in the toilets and everything. It's kind of creepy. Yes. Uh, well, not kind of. It is. It is creepy. Uh, it's illegal. Too. Um, so uh, illegal. Yeah, and there's cameras like literally in the actual toilets themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> like in the urinals. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, at the end of the show, the title is explained in the last scene. The cast is hanging out on the sitcom set um, with the live audience reacting as if it's an actual show, you know, which is weird because they laugh at things and do their awes and everything like that to everything that the guys are doing in their real lives, basically. Um, Will says that nobody's watching is a perfect name for a sitcom they are developing. Thus, nobody's watching is the name of the fake sitcom in the fake reality show. Nobody's watching. Yeah, I uh, get it. So nobody's watching is the name of the show within the show within the show. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you get it? Yep. Get it? Good. Derek, Derek protests then that nobody's watching is a terrible name because critics will constantly ridicule them with comments like nobody's watching, nobody's watching. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah. and then nobody did watch because they passed on the... Well, nobody could watch. People did like it once they could watch it. Um, they, I guess well, they did. They did do a few follow-up, uh, like YouTube videos, which I can't find anywhere. But oh, um, really? yeah, they probably took them down since then. That's I do. Bad. I did forget that at one point we do see Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, James Avery. Um, we see uh, Tom Bosley from Happy Days. Who played Mr. C on Happy Days, and then Alan Thick, all playing themselves. Alan Thick from Growing Pains. Then Alan Thick's there at the audi- at the show too, basically to uh, be the dad that uh, Will never had. Right. Yeah. He sings the the, the Growing, Growing Pains, Pains theme song. And... Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. That's hilarious. Which was a little bit ahead of its time of of. Uh, Alan Thick playing himself on How I Met Your Mother. Um, right. You know what? You know something too, because I was um, mm-hmm. it's it's not related to this, but um, you know, I was, I was going through like another um, deep dive of Cobra Kai, and I was just um doing some research on William Zap Zapka is that his name yeah. or Zap, and I I, did, I never realized that he was he played himself on How I Met Your Mother, and yeah. I thought that was hilarious. He's like. You know, everyone thinks I'm a bad guy in real life just because I played, you know, um, Johnny Lawrence and the Karate Kid, and they show people like throwing popcorn at him every time he's in the movie theater. And yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he was <clears throat> on a few episodes of that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and also on How I Met Your Mother, Taron Killam was a recurring character on there of uh, Gary Blauman. And, oh yeah, uh, that's right. yeah, and in real life, he's married to Kobe Smulders, who uh, played Robin. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Do you want to take a quick break and then we can look at some reviews and stuff of this, Matt? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll be right back. No Outlet Live. Hey, I'm Jay Remy, host of No Outlet Live. 
If you're in a podcast that explore any and everything, check us out. We stream anywhere you listen or watch podcasts, or just type No Outlet Live one word in your Google search bar to find the show. Live Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook. No Outlet Live, your road to boredom ends here. Do you like Tessa? Do you think this will be a date that can last? Well, uh, she's not very articulate. And we are back. Okay, so you want to hear some reviews here, Matt? Sure. Okay, here's one from Martin Haffer, who's a regular reviewer on our show. <laughs> For some odd reason, he reviews a lot of stuff on the Internet Movie Database so and that I happen, I happen to read, um, usually on our uh, failed sitcoms. Um. He said it's a 6 out of 10. He wrote this on June 17th of 2020. Um, It had some promise. Apart from being a bit annoying at times, Nobody's Watching is a failed TV pilot that seemed to have some promise. After all, originality is something decidedly lacking in most TV shows, and it was original. The premise is insane. The WB Network has seen... A video created by two ordinary guys, Derek and Will. They essentially complain that most sitcoms stink and that they can make a better one. And in a ludicrous twist, some executives see it and decide to give the two friends a show, or rather a show about making a show. In other words, they'll have a reality TV show where they can show the process of making the show. Of course, it really is a sitcom and none of it is real in the least. The show had promise, but sometimes it seemed to try a bit too hard. It also seemed uh, designed for younger audiences, and uh, I couldn't imagine older folks watching it. Nor, for that matter, most of what's on the WB. If you are curious about this odd show, it's currently on YouTube. Um, (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's see here. That's where we found it. Yeah. Most of these these reviews are very positive. Here's another one from back in 2006, like shortly after it leaked online. Um, It's from Buff38 back in June 28th of 2006. Great show, 9 out of 10. Have to say, I just watched all three parts of this show on YouTube and really enjoyed it. Good chemistry in the cast, a great fresh idea for a show, and funny enough to compete with most of the... Yes, dear, on TV now. I would love to see something come of it rather than it being passed up by the networks. Um, be great to see more of this sort of thing on the internet, too, so we can see what kind of shows they are passing on. Anyone know if it's truly dead in the water or is there still life in it? And they were asking that back in June of, 20, of 2006. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <coughs> so. Well, they must have had the, the next two episodes on YouTube back then, but well, no, can't I find think it. There, I think at the time there was a time limit on YouTube, so you could only do like 10-minute increments in videos. So oh, yeah, that, right. yeah, I remember that. That was such a dumb thing. And then, um, and then it was 15 minutes, and then it was any amount, I think, or, or not. I don't know. It's weird because sometimes... I see videos that are literally 72, 72 hours long of just like a fan, yeah. you know, going on. 
But then I've read that YouTube only lets you do 10 hours, so I'm not sure how they are managed to get the system. It's kind of like me in the music I do, my mashups, where, you know, I'll get a copyright flag for using, you know, copyrighted material, but then I follow a whole bunch of other mashup artists on YouTube, not just DJ Cummerbund, he's my favorite, but there's other ones too. And they're all able to somehow use music videos and stuff. So I don't know what they're doing that somehow bypasses copyright law when they're getting like hundreds of thousands of views. But like at most, I get like maybe 40 views and half of them are me and my parents and maybe you. (laughs) I don't understand how YouTube is going after me like that guy right there. He used a music video, but, oh, DJ Cummerbund, he's got 500,000 views. Ah, who cares? I'm like, he's got a greater reach, so what does that mean? He's doing worse damage for copyright violation? But, okay, whatever. Or he has um, some kind of deal with YouTube. I doubt it, though. It's because mm-hmm. you know, these mashup artists are not rich. No. None of them are. Like, they're not, this is just something they do for fun. Like, this yeah. is not, like, he does, I, he, I mean, I'm not disparaging him. He's a great, great artist musician but he doesn't like have like clout when it comes to that kind of thing so i have no idea maybe he does maybe he asked hey youtube you know can i do this maybe i should do that maybe i should contest some copyright claim to just say hey you know i'm just doing this for fun or i'm doing it for a you know creative project i would contest you know? them all honestly if i were you yeah, yeah i I'm, i just gotta start doing that so which <clears throat> no is weird yeah, there's no reason, but the Katy Perry stuff I do always seems to be fine. I never had an issue with the Katy Perry stuff. But um, the one thing that I had issues with was um, M83, which is a French electronic rock kind of duo. Don't get me wrong, M83 is an awesome band. But pretty sure Katy Perry's a bigger artist than M83, but yet... Katy Perry's free reign, apparently, but M83 isn't. It's just, just a, I, I'm very fascinated by the inconsistency of like copyright law. It's a very interesting subject. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. Oh, no, that's fine. I mean, and it, it just could be that their uh, different um, publishers have different issues with things, you know? Yeah. Maybe one's more lenient than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't... GM is really the hard hard ass about stuff. They don't like that. Yeah. Um, or is it MG? I don't remember which one. But yeah. um, yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, um, any uh other thoughts here on this episode here, Matt? Uh, no, not really. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. There wasn't a lot that went into the. You know, I mean, it was pretty. wasn't a lot of activity in the episode. So um, yeah, this one's kind of a probably a short episode that we're doing here, but that's probably because of this. You know. Not a lot happened in this episode, and um, also it was good. I mean, as opposed to a lot of the other ones that are easier to talk about because they're bad. <clears throat> exactly, it's much easier to complain about stuff. Totally, um, and you know that's that's actually a psychological fact. It's much easier to find stuff wrong with things than right with things. So, I mean, I so yeah, say, I what's that? I will say it's kind of it was kind of cool seeing a young Terran <laughs> kill him. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen him, you know, I, I remember he was on the Amanda show and he was, you know, younger than this even. So, but yeah. Never saw that show, Amanda's yeah. show. Yeah, it was on, you know, it was like kind of a all that spinoff sort of thing. Oh, okay. Where uh, um, Drake and Josh got their start. Oh, okay. Yeah. Speaking of How I Met Your Mother, one of them, is it Drake or Josh that's Josh. in How I Met Your Father? 
Yeah, Josh. Because Drake, Drake, we could do a whole episode about sometime, and we should. Um, Why is that? Is he like bad or something? He's a or? piece of shit human being. Um, oh, he, uh, <clears throat> Drake Bell, um, sexually groomed a bunch of uh, underage girls and stuff. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So. Yeah. Why, why is that going on? Yeah, and then he moved to Mexico and stuff too. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Like, did he flee or something, or he just moved there? Like He moved there, but, I mean, that has nothing to do with anything, I don't think. Okay. He's saying that it had nothing to do with it, but supposedly he, like, you know, was sexually, you know, sexually, you know, groomed. grooming and also harassing and possibly raping girls, like, as, you know, young as <clears throat> 15 and stuff and different Jeez, things. Jesus, so, that's yeah. terrible, man. Yeah. That's, that's something. Yeah. yeah, I've been watching a video by, um, Je- her name is Jesse Gender on YouTube. She's got mm-hmm. a great channel does a lot of video essays and um her latest one is is um it's uh about cancel culture but it's like it's it's like posed to cancel culture but not for the reasons that like for the people who like defend dave Chappelle as though he's like a living deity it's more of like like when people come with like the torches and pitchforks, which I don't believe they do, but whatever, even if I don't really agree with her assessment, even on that, but her argument is when that happens, like, like when you're just asking for blood, like it, it causes the people who are being accused to become martyrs within their own group. And then nobody ever asks for them to like take accountability for themselves because since they're the they're, they become the real victims then so then it becomes a whole thing of like oh dave Chappelle's being canceled so we got to stand with him and you know and like so there's no like well it, that's the problem with the word canceled i mean it's the stupidest word ever um, yeah i know it's you know it's consequences it's not canceling i mean the thing is it's like if you do something like sexually harass somebody or say something homophobic or whatever there should be some kind of accountability for that. You can't just seem to get away with it. I mean, you have all the right in the world to say whatever you want, but Mm -hmm. when you, you know, double down and triple down on it and don't understand that you're hurting people by saying what you say, or more specifically when you're, you know, even worse when you're somebody like a Bill Cosby or a Drake Bell or something where you actually sexually Mm -hmm. harass people or sexually molest or rape people. Right. Yeah. All the all the right in the world that those guys should be canceled. You know. That's. I mean. That's. I'm not just giving somebody like uh, Dave Chappelle a pass or anything. But what he did pales in comparison to what Bill Cosby did. You know. So. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway. So like the first, she has like a video that's like two and a half hours long. I, I've been watching it in pieces just because it's so long. But like, she dedicated like the first like forty minutes of it to Josh Whedon and holy shit. I had no idea the extent Josh. of Yeah. Josh Whedon or Josh. Joss. Oh, Josh. There's no Whedon, H. Sorry. Yeah. It's just okay. A-O-S-S. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I had no idea of the, the extent of uh, like all the allegations about stuff and whatever it was. Uh, it was pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, then she went to J.K. Rowling, but she actually didn't talk that much about her, which is good because I think she gets way too much press as it is. So it's, um, a, it's it's a tricky subject too when you get to something like a J.K. Rowling or a Joss Whedon or a Bill Cosby. Even you know when you think about the good that they accomplished in their careers for other things, you know, but then they also were horrible people. It's like I mean, obviously, 
obviously in certain ways some are worse than others but um obviously my my whole thing is yeah my my thing is and you know it might seem like a cop out but i've you know because i thought about this quite a bit so it's not just i didn't just come to this just like thinking about it for two seconds and like lazy oh okay but my whole thing is i don't think the good outweighs the bad but i also don't think the bad outweighs the good and that's my stance on it well, no, I mean, both, and, I mean, obviously, exist, I'm, yeah, it's like, I mean, I just watched, I mean, speaking of like stuff like this. And the reason that Bill Cosby's on my mind is because I watched uh, W. Kamal Bell's um, uh, four part uh, documentary series. Uh, we, sh- we need to talk about Cosby. And um, it brings up a lot of good points. Like he, he did a lot of good for the African-American community and civil rights mm-hmm. and things of that nature. But the whole time he was doing this, it's like he was out there you know, raping women, you know, drugging them and raping them. And it's like, how do you reconcile those two people being the same person? Right, exactly. Because then you got to ask yourself, well, you know, was was he doing the good things to, to basically counteract the bad things if he was ever caught or if he was actually sincere while doing the good things, but also sincere while doing the bad things? Yeah, I mean, you know I mean? It's, it's like a, a a point that W. Kamal Bell brought up in an interview that I listened to with him recently is like you got somebody like, uh, you know, like um, that did a lot of good for the African-American community, like Richard Pryor, who never claimed to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have somebody like Bill Cosby who's out there. Um, and the same thing with Joss Whedon as well, who's out there trying to paint this uh, – picture of being this progressive person who is trying to make changes in the world and be good for, you know, people of color or women and, um, you know, try to create change within the industry that they actually did change, but mm. they're putting this veneer on themselves where they're this good person and that whatever they say should be listened to and the law, but then the whole time behind closed doors, they're treating people like shit. <clears throat> right, exactly. That was kind of the theme of that video. Of, like, that's, like, sometimes you ask me, like, if I'm ever, like, would recommend anything. I recommend the station, uh, her name is Jessie Gender. Yeah. It's, J-E, it's J-E-S-S-I-E um, space gender, a- as in, you know, the word gender, like, J-E-N-D-E-R. you know. J-E-N-D-E-R. Um, he, yeah. He's a, just a transgender creator. Um I'm not outing her. She, she's, uh, she's out herself, you know, yeah. but like, and, um, she does a lot of good. She does a lot of stuff about Star Trek, a lot of videos, but she's really into like, yeah, I've, watched, um, I've watched a few of her, her videos. Okay. They're actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's very, very good videos. And, um, and that was kind of the main thing too, is like when like a person almost attains like a state of godhood within their industry where it's like, they start taking on like their own mythos. Like they start, they start believing the hype themselves. Like, Oh, I am infallible. Like I am perfect. Like, like everything I touch turns to gold. So whatever I do is good. No matter what I'm entitled to this stuff. If anyone denies me anything, it's their problem. They're the bad guy, you know, and that's really dangerous. Um, when you have people that you surround yourself with who are pretty much just yes, men or yes, women, or yes, non-binary people. Or, or they watched and, the TV show Yes, Dear. 
Or yeah, they watched the you know show Yes Dear, of course. Anyone anyone who watches Yes Dear is anti woke, so no. um, I, I don't I don't know. Um, uh, makes no sense, but um, yeah. how do we get on this exactly? It doesn't matter. We always know, go on. But tan- anyways, back doesn't to the, matter. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, basically, you know, just be good people. You don't have to worry yeah. about somebody canceling you if you actually are, you know, a good person. You know quote-unquote canceling but yeah Yeah. anyways any other final thoughts here before we wrap things up matt no just um you know if you're a religious person or if you're a spiritual person i would just suggest that you pray for ukraine or donate if you have the money to donate to you know causes whether it be for food aid or yes even weapons, if it's legal, I'm not sure if it's legal yeah. to donate to send weapons over there. But, but you know, um, I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, but you know, well, do whatever is legally within your power is what I'm saying. But I also am saying if if you can get away with it somehow, <laughs> they do need weapons. I'm just saying that. Yeah. So, um, uh, <laughs> whatever you need to do, I'm not. By the way, I'm not advocating breaking the law. I'm just saying if there's ways to skate around it. In a legal fashion, yeah, they do need we- they do need weapons. It's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. They do need weapons. Um, hopefully, by the time this airs, things are better there. Um, I, I doubt. I be, doubt but, it, but we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, um. Also, you know, be safe, people in general. Just you know, wear masks for the COVID stuff. You know, wear condoms for the other stuff. And, um, no, wear condom condoms for the COVID stuff. Oh yeah, all the time. And, and um, you wear masks. You wear masks for the sex stuff. I think you're confused, Matthew. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you've got that backwards. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so don't that, can- don't cancel him for that. Um, anyway, yeah. so uh, <laughs> like this show was, and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you want to watch, nobody's watching. Um, I really hope you already have before we talked about it, but um. You know, we'll have the link for the episode in the show notes um, mm-hmm. or a way to get it, at least. Um, also, um, you know, check out our uh, our tea Public. We got some cool T-shirts there. Um, we've also got uh, Patreon if you want to help uh, support the show. Um, give us a five-star review anywhere you can, even on Spotify. I don't care, you know, just, you know, I don't care if Joe Rogan's on there. And um, <laughs> also, um, you know... Like I said, just be good to each other. That's all I ask of people. And um, until next time, folks. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two podcast, a Cullen Park production, produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Human Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one 
All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 